Welcome to our Forever Young Podcast, where we chat about ways to keep our bodies and minds young, because you're never too old to become younger. My name is Christiana Eggy. And my name is Sherry Marichu. Today, we are going to talk about our brain health. And you're definitely going to want to stick around. Last time, we learned all about a leaky gut. This time, you're going to hear about a leaky brain. I think when most of us think about being healthy, we think about our physical bodies. I think people rarely think about their brain and their brain health when it comes to being healthy. And this can be disconcerting. Right, Christiana? That's right, Sherry. A healthy brain functions optimally to sustain the essentials of life. The brain works throughout our entire life to control our body's functions and helps us understand and interact with the world around us. So the brain is truly essential when we're talking about our overall health. Okay, let's get right to it, Christiana. What is a leaky brain? A brain is considered leaky when the blood-brain barrier has been compromised in some way. The blood-brain barrier? That sounds interesting. What is that? The blood-brain barrier is a semi-permeable layer of cells that surrounds the brain. It prevents toxins from entering the brain, however, selectively lets in nutrients that the brain needs. Okay, that makes sense. And it sounds incredible. Our bodies are true marvels. Okay, back to a leaky brain. Right. So if the blood-brain barrier becomes permeable, harmful substances that escapes into the bloodstream can lead to inflammation in the brain. We learned last time just how harmful inflammation is to our bodies. It is the same with our brains. That sounds dangerous. But you're going to tell me how to protect myself against this, right? Of course I am. But first, let's focus on how the brain becomes leaky. Sherry, remember when we spoke about inflammation in our gut and how horrible it is to our bodies? Yes, of course. In order to protect my body from inflammation and from getting a leaky gut, I said I would continue to drink plenty of water, eat all the colors of the rainbow when it comes to fruits and vegetables, supplement where I need to, and continue to exercise daily and de-stress by being more mindful. Exactly. Doing all that will help you lessen your risk of getting a leaky gut and a leaky brain because the gut and the brain are connected. Eating poor quality foods, gluten, stress, poor sleep, environmental toxins, and so forth can disrupt the gut bacteria and cause irritation to the intestinal lining, resulting in a leaky gut syndrome. When this happens, it triggers generalized inflammation response that could compromise the blood-brain barrier, making it leaky. Wow, our whole body is truly connected. I mean, of course I knew that. It's just really interesting to understand how what you eat can affect your brain. So, can leaky brain lead to diseases like dementia? Of course. 
It can also lead to other disease conditions such as meningitis, which is the inflammation of the lining surrounding the brain and spinal cord. Encephalitis, this is the inflammation of the brain itself. Anxiety, depression, and dementia can also result from a leaky brain. Dementia in itself is an umbrella term that is used to describe diseases and conditions that cause decline in memory, language, problem solving, and other thinking skills. It also affects a person's ability to perform everyday activities. There are several types of dementia, but I'm only going to mention three of the most common types. Alzheimer's disease is the most common type of dementia. It accounts for approximately 60 to 80% of all dementia cases. There's vascular dementia, which occurs from damage to the brain due to impaired circulation from diseases such as diabetes, hypertension, strokes, and so forth. And then there's frontotemporal dementia. And speaking of frontal temporal dementia, there is a connection with ALS. If you listen to our introductory podcast, you will know that my brother Christopher was diagnosed with ALS when he was just 32 years old. He was in the prime of his life. His photography business was taking off. He played sports and enjoyed riding his motorcycle, was an avid Raptors, Leafs, and Blue Jays fan. ALS stopped all of this in its tracks. ALS is also a brain disease that causes motor neurons to die, and in doing so, causes your voluntary muscles to atrophy. This means you can no longer use them. The strange thing is, with most ALS patients, their brains remain intact. That means they know and feel their entire body falling apart around them, but they just can't do or often say anything about it. The more I learned about ALS, the more I realized I had to do something to help. I started ALS Double Play, a charity whose mission it is to raise awareness for ALS and support ALS research. Proudly, we held our very first intentional walk for ALS in 2016, four months before my brother Christopher, my only sibling, lost his battle with ALS. And now, frontal temporal dementia, or FTD, is the type of dementia that sees changes in personality and behavior. Patients with FTD can also have difficulty with language. Now here's the connection. Five to 10% of people living with ALS end up being diagnosed with frontal temporal dementia. And five to 10% of people living with FTD end up being diagnosed with ALS. Christiana, there are many types of dementia, and we encourage our listeners to read more online for additional information. Why don't we focus on Alzheimer's and talk about some early signs and symptoms of Alzheimer's disease? Thank you, and um, my heart goes out to you and your family, but Thank I'm really proud of you, the work that you have been doing to bring awareness to ALS, and Thank I know you. that you continue to do this until a cure is found more power to you. Alzheimer's disease, as I mentioned earlier, is the most common type of dementia. The exact cause of Alzheimer's is still unknown. Alzheimer's is a slow and progressive disease that worsens over time. 
although there's a common joke out there about people misplacing their keys and thinking they have Alzheimer's disease. Please let me tell you, Alzheimer's is no laughing matter. It's a disease that causes a lot of emotional turmoil, pain and grief to both the sufferer and their family. Misplacing your keys should not be a major cause for concern. However, having those keys and not knowing what to do with them should be a red flag. The same goes for putting your shoes in the refrigerator or leaving a pot on the stove to burn. There are several warning signs of Alzheimer's. Here are just a few of them. Memory loss that disrupts daily life. Challenges in planning or solving problems. Difficulty completing familial tasks. Confusion with time or place. Thank you for sharing, Christiana. Let's not all rush to conclusions now about what we're experiencing in our homes. It's one thing to forget about things, like Christiana said. But when these things become excessive or disruptive to our daily lives, people then need to consult their doctor if they are concerned or someone they love is experiencing these signs and symptoms. Christiana, are there any risk factors for Alzheimer's? Yes, and they include some of the following. Age, family history, vascular diseases like hypertension, diabetes, strokes, gender, lifestyle, environmental toxins, low education, and head injury. So, while you may be at risk for dementia, please tell us that there are some ways to help prevent or slow down the onset of brain disease. Sure, but first, do you have any ideas yourself, Sherry? Well, I've always heard that speaking a second language is good practice for your brain, or maybe playing a musical instrument. That's true, you're on the right track. Okay, so am I right? If I practice piano like I did when I was 12 years old, will I help my mental fitness? Yes, you're 100% right, Sherry. With brain health, you've got to use it or lose it. Mental exercise is just as important as physical exercise. Excellent. Anything else I should do? Of course. In addition to playing a musical instrument, you need to work on changing your lifestyle as well by increasing physical activities, maintaining a healthy weight, improving blood vessel health. So for people with diabetes, they need to maintain proper blood sugar levels. And those with hypertension need to keep their blood pressure within a healthy range as these conditions could ultimately lead to vascular dementia, not smoking, minimizing alcohol consumption, increasing brain exercises, keeping positive social environment and activities. And let's not forget, we need to manage other health conditions as well. Okay, so I'm gonna practice piano and I'm gonna read a novel in French. I will continue to exercise to keep my physical self healthy and practice yoga and meditation to keep my mental self healthy. Anything else? Yes, there's more. You've got to eat right too. 
You may have heard of the Mediterranean diet. Studies have shown that a diet that is rich in fish, whole grains, green leafy vegetables, olives and nuts, helps maintain brain health and may reduce the risk of Alzheimer's disease. That sounds delicious to me. How about blueberries? I've always heard they're good for the brain. Yes, indeed. Blueberries, raspberries, blackberries, all the berries are packed with antioxidants and can potentially slow aging in the brain and elsewhere in our bodies. Cold water fish are also a great source of omega-3. The type of fatty acid the body cannot produce but needs and loves. You can also limit foods that are rich in saturated fats like red meat, butter, and dairy products as they are associated with the development of degenerative diseases, including heart disease and Alzheimer's. Well, I'm absolutely happy to eat fish, olives, and lots of berries, but I'm not sure I'm ready to give up ice cream. I'll eat it only once in a while now, (laughs) and (laughs) I'm sure if I exercise, I can make up for it. After all, exercise is the catalyst that helps chemical reactions in our bodies. Yes, exercise improves digestion, mood, circulation, and memory. It also stimulates chemical changes in the brain and enhances learning, thinking, and promotes sleep. Your spiritual mind is also very important. This is not necessarily related to any religion but it's about connecting with the world around you. That sense of belonging to something greater than yourself. Yes, I totally understand. Yoga, meditation, and prayer are all amazing ways to connect with the world and the earth. I recently learned about grounding too, or the practice of walking on the earth with no shoes on. In fact, if you watch the second episode of the Netflix series, Down to Earth, you see Zac Efron learning all about grounding in France. That's awesome, Sherry. I have to check it out. I know we've covered so much already on how to keep our brains healthy, but there are a couple more things I want to share. Please do. Sleep is important for optimal physical and mental health. Lastly, to keep our brain healthy, it is very important to stay connected and have a positive social network. Oh yes, so it's true what they say, get rid of those negative friends because positive social networks reduce stress, combat depression, and enhances mental stimulation. Yes, studies have shown that having an active and positive social life can protect you against memory loss. Wow, Christiana, this has been an awesome chat, and I've learned so much today about brain health, and I'm walking away with a long list of things that I can do, or that I can continue to do, to ensure that I keep my brain at optimal levels. I'm so glad you feel that way, Sherry. Let me leave you and our listeners with one more golden nugget. So intriguing. Yes, it's walnuts. Walnuts are loaded with omega-3s, which make them the ultimate brain food. They are even shaped like the brain. 
Actually, here's another nugget. Sesame seeds, they are also a great source of healthy fats, protein, B vitamins, and much more. Remember, the first step to fixing your brain is fixing your gut. That's incredible. I will add those little golden nuggets to the list as well. Excellent. I am Christiana Eggy. And I'm Sherry Marie Chu. See you next time on Forever Young. Where we'll chat about mental wellness. Until then, keep smiling because... You're never too old to become younger. The Forever Young Podcast is created and produced by Christiana Eggy and Sherry Marie Chu. And it is produced and engineered by Elise Hill. The podcast represents our opinions and those of our guests. The content should not be taken as medical advice. It is for informational purposes only. And because each person is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Special thanks to the Ella Accelerator for bringing Christiana and Sherry together. If you like the show, please tell your friends and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. New episodes are available every other Wednesday. Have questions? Email us at ourforeveryoungpodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram and Facebook under Our Forever Young Podcast. Thank you for listening.